Hi, everyone. This is Ashley with Sky House Herb School and Apothecary. And today we are looking at the second half of the lunar cycle and its association with the signs, with herbs, um, and how we can maximize our understanding of plant medicines during that waning half of the lunar cycle. So if you haven't watched the first two episodes, um, the first one is sort of an overview of the connection between the moon and the plants. The second one, we talk about the first half of the lunar cycle and how plants help us to understand how that cycle works and also uh, a rundown of the basic signs and what they mean for you as an herbalist or an herbal enthusiast. So now we are sliding down the second part of the lunar cycle. And uh, we'll look at those signatures. And then in our final talk, we're going to look at herbs, just the plants and their relationship to the science. So let us dive in. I am going to share my screen and we will look at it from the beginning. Do, do, do. And here we go. So the connection between moon phases and herbs. And here we're looking from that peak part of the full moon all the way back down the hill to the new moon. So let us dive in by looking at what this looks like in the sky. So, you know, I'm going to just use my little uh, arrow here. So you can see this is the first half of the lunar cycle where the energy is building and up to the full moon. And now we're going to be sliding our way down from the full moon all the way down back to the new moon. Now, just to remind you, if you haven't registered yet, we still have space in our Roots and Spheres course. This is a year-long uh, circle that we are gathering people who love plants, who love the planets in astrology, and we'll be guiding you through meditations, plant diets, uh, journal exercises, and things like that for each transit in the lunar cycle or actually in the full year cycle, but really related to the lunar cycle. So we'll meet on the full moons and on the new moons each month or thereabouts. And we'll just talk about what we've experienced and what the themes are um, for each of those parts of the cycle. So it should be really, really fun. Please join us. We start on January 19th and there's still space. We do offer discounted tuition rates for those who have need-based tuition needs. So check it out. Here are the links, skyhouseherbs.com, my husband's website, nightlightastrology.com. And if you haven't signed up for uh, my YouTube channel, please go ahead and subscribe. Click, 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 click. It really does help. Every single person subscribed helps. And if you like this video, please like it and share it if you feel so inclined. So full moon, we're going to start here. So this is when the moon is 180 degrees from the sun or basically opposite. So that's why we get that beautiful glow of the full rays of the sun reflected against the moon. And this is, as we talked about in the last video, culmination and completion. So everything that was building during that first half of the lunar cycle has reached a state of fullness. Now, if we think about this in relationship to the solar calendar year, this would be that summer solstice moment, the longest day of the year. So we've reached this sort of apex place. And in that place, we often see uh, some manifestation happening or some big fruiting. And, and here, you know, in, in the plant world, if we were to make a correlation, we could say if the new moon is when the seed is planted in that dark soil, then the full moon is when we start to see that full expression of flowering. And flowers lead to fruit, but we're not fruiting yet. So fruits is actually not 
that apex place. You know, they, there's this great, I think it's by, um, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who says, you know, the, the earth laughs in flowers. And if we think about, you know, if you think about what do we give each other to help lift our spirits, or if there's a joyous occasion, or if there's a sad occasion, like a loss, we give flowers. There's something about flowers that reminds us of this peak place of happiness, joy, expression. Uh, flowers are such a sign and symbol of creative, full expression, just like the full moon. So in the plant world, we can really think about how do the flowers express the fullness of their beauty? And that happens right at that peak moment when the majority of the plant is in flower. So we are moving away from that, though. We've reached that, that peak place, that summer solstice, the, you know, that uh, if in the life cycle, you could think of it as that peak place uh, where beauty and youthfulness and motherhood and fatherhood, and that doesn't have to be literal. It could be just, you know, in your career, that peak place where things are at their fullest and their most vibrant. And then there's this shift. Because as soon as something, something reaches fullness, we also start to notice that this place cannot last forever. So we start to notice death. We start to notice the dark in the lightest place. So we start to reach that tipping point where we say, can this last forever? And, you know, like in life, we might be drinking coffee be like, okay, I can make this feeling less, you know, let's, let's, you know, we, we try to do everything we can to capture these moments. Let's take a million pictures, Right. But the truth is, is that everything that reaches fullness has to go. It has to start to fall away. And so this is where we go. Uh, we start to feel the building or the, not even building, but we start to see the emergence of the yin again, right? So in the first half of the cycle, the yang element, the solar element, the light is building. And now at this critical point, we tip. And the yin starts to take hold and the darkness starts to move in. And it can be kind of a, and I don't want to say depressing because darkness is very potent, but it can feel like we're entering into a place of deeper questioning and maybe even some loss. So I also think about this as a contracting place. There's this feeling that we were once expanding, 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 after you reach the full place, there is this slow contractive, okay, things are starting to fall away. You know, the ripest flowers start to wilt a little bit. And that's why I chose this picture of these poppies, because there's this fading. We start to see this, there's a, a, a touch of gray from the Grateful Dead. You know, there's this like, you know, there's, there's this touch of gray that starts to come in and we realize the impermanence of all things, of life, of our creative processes. And so as we move towards the waning gibbous, which is when the moon appears about three quarters full, right? On the other side, it's not the waxing gibbous, it's the waning gibbous. We start to see that again, the life force is fading, but interestingly, the fruit is forming. And so if we think about on an archetypal level and you know, I'm not an evolutionary astrologer. I'm not an astrologer at all. So I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I am not equipped to talk astrology with you all, but there was something by, um, by a, an astrologer. He said something about this sort of waning phase. He said, 
It's when we start to feel homesick soul, or it's when this homesick soul hunger grows. And I think about, you know, if we think about this from, again, the plant perspective, there's this, this feeling that there is a return and there is a fruiting and there is an eventual fall that's, that's arriving. And if we think about it in the solar calendar, this is when we're, and you know, summer, the summer is peaked and we're now moving towards autumn, but it's not quite autumn yet. It's that late summertime where there's still hope. There's still a lot of light, but there's this hint and this may be uh, restlessness in the soul, not the spirit. The spirit is very much that young building energy, but in the soul, the soul starts to crave, uh, you know, if we were talking about the soul, the solar year, we start to crave that cozy feeling of autumn and slippers and sweaters and hot tea. Um, here in, in Minnesota, that's exactly where we're at. So it's like, you know, there's this, well, actually we're in autumn now, but like, you know, I, I remember in late August, early September, there was like this, oh, it's coming back. I'm about to go back home. I'm about to go back into this, this little cave of, of comfort, of comfiness <laughs> or higa, as they say, um, in the, I think it's in Finland or Denmark or so, somewhere up, up that region in, in Eastern Europe. So think about how this energy is contracting and there is a potency in it. It's like kind of almost, you could think about it that things start to turn inward and there's this call back to what it is that uh, sits a little bit deeper in our psyche. Then we hit this place called the last quarter moon. And some talk about this as the crisis in consciousness or that, that point maybe in the creative cycle is the way that I like to think about it. You know, in the creative cycle, you've had the idea, you've brought it to fruition. And then you're like, well, what's next? What did that mean? Why did I create that? You know, all these deeper questions start coming out. And so in the flower phases, this is when the fruit starts really coming into its fullness. So it's the harvest time of the psyche. So you can think about, yeah, why did I go through all of that? You know, why did I go through that transformation? Why did I let go of that relationship? You know, let me think about the, the fruit of my actions now. It's not just that full peak, but there's the, the juicy fruit that just wants to be considered. And that is where we are in this last quarter phase. I also really think about the uh, the journey. Uh, we really start to contemplate the journey between the flower and the fruit. So I love this image here of the rose hip. So I don't. I, I, my, some of my herb students, when we go through these images, are like, I had no idea that the uh, that the flower actually is the fruit. So I am going to turn on my little handy dandy um, drawing mechanism here. So here we have, this is the kind of fading flower. This is the rose. The rose petals are falling off. Now, what you don't see is that in here is the ovule. And just like humans, you know, in the female body, we have eggs. You know, there are eggs right here, fertilized eggs, because the, the plant is flowering. So we've got these fertilized eggs and they are ripening. And so we get this full expression, this outward expression. But as the flowers start to move inward, we see this, 
this ripening of those eggs. And so in pregnancy, you can think about, I don't know, I don't want to get too into the whole menstrual cycle. (laughs) I wasn't planning on going here, but I'm just going to dive in for a second because the menstrual cycle, if you've ever looked at how the egg matures in a pregnancy or in when, you know, when the egg doesn't, when the egg, when the egg comes into its prime and isn't fertilized, it looks almost exactly like this. It's a very inverted process by which the egg in the, in the uh, fallopian tube starts to really grow. It reaches its peak. It travels down the fallopian tube. It drops in. um, And then it's just waiting to be fertilized. Um, And in the corpus luteum, you know, when the egg is fertilized, uh, the progesterone levels spike up. And we, what we start to see is this involution of energy. And that starts to form that little baby, that little embryo. Um, but what happens if the fruit or if the ovary isn't, uh, fertilized, we see that, um, what starts to happen is that that just starts to to involute, but it just sort of just, uh, starts to, to disseminate or starts to fall apart. And then we have the menstrual cycle, which is that deep shedding uh, that we experience every month. But that involution that happens starts the form, formation of the corpus luteum, which is this, uh, it's an incredible thing the way babies are, are, the way this whole process works. But the corpus luteum basically just starts to produce more of its own progesterone to feed this whole process of um, germination and the starting of the building of the embryo. And, um, and then that just keeps building and building. And then eventually the body produces a second organ um, called the placenta. And the placenta then does the work of, you know, digesting and building more blood for the baby. I mean, it's just the, I'll stop there. I'll just say this is that there is a great mirror and uh, similarities between the process of fertilization and growth of fruit and the growth of little mammals and humans. <laughs> uh, so, so let's just hold that in our minds for a moment because let me just show you again. We're going here. We've got here are the eggs. Here they're fertilized. Here's the flower. This you could see this as maybe the corpus luteum, and it will you know it'll start to uh, involute. The petals will fall off, but the energy is drawing inward. And so here is here are the sepals at the base of the flower. Now on the rose family plants, there's usually five. Um, This picture there, I guess the other ones must have fallen off, but um, that's one of the distinguishing features of the rose family is that you've got these five sepals. And then, you know, the egg is just, uh, you know, and all the petals used to be here, but the egg is now ripening. And now look, here's where we're in the developing flesh part of the cycle. So look at how the fruit is getting fatter and fatter. And then it's going to get, you know, this maybe this picture could even show you even fatter, but then this little nub that you see on the top of things like tomatoes and strawberries, this is the flower. And these little, these little sepals here, they were the base of that flower. So what you're really seeing here, every time you see fruit, an apple, uh, an orange, a lemon, uh, any berry, what you're seeing is this base of the flower that's turned into this fruit, or in the case of roses, we call them hips. And this is what's happening in that last quarter moon um, is this form, you know, we've been working towards this culmination of the formation of the fruit of the inquiry, that inner 
focused gazing, that inner building, that inner resourcing, all of those inward movements create this fruit, which is deeply nourishing, um, not only for the baby seeds that are developing for the next cycle, but also for animals, plants, and others. So this whole cycle is very, um, you know, this part of the cycle is, is not depleting. It's actually very building and nourishing if it's done with attention and care, and there are enough resources from the first half of the cycle to provide that base for that deep growth and building. So let's clear all these little drawings and then we'll go to the next slide. Oh, I gotta get my, get my mouse back, okay. Now, when we get past that last quarter, again, we can think of the last quarter and the solar cycle as the, the autumn equinox when the light and dark are equal. So we've got two equinox moments when light and dark are balanced. We have it at the spring equinox and we have it at the fall equinox. And so here at that fall equinox place, this is that we could, we could think about that as the last quarter moon, which was the last slide. Um, but now we've tipped from a balanced upward and downward movement to the fading fruit. And I love this image of the pomegranate because at this point in the cycle, the fruit has ripened. It is already ripe. It should have been picked. And now energy is, is fading more from the wet waning crescent down to the new moon. And gravity is going to pull those seeds back to the earth. You know, if we were not here things would be just dandy in the natural world. You know, the, the tree, everything would, would pollinate. It would drop its seeds to the earth. Herbs would grow. You know, we often think like, oh, well, we've got to tend the earth. You know, I've got to build my, my garden. And I love having a garden. And I can also walk in the woods and trust that year after year that the cycles of the moon and the sun are going to allow the plants to do what they do and allow them to germinate. And so we see this ripening, look at these seeds in the pomegranate. They're just, nothing has to happen. They're naturally gonna fall to the earth. And so this is like, we can give ourselves permission as the moon is, is losing its light and heading towards the darkness, just to say, I trust whatever I need to release is gonna happen. Like I don't have to fight to make it happen. I don't have to burn paper, which can be helpful. You know, you can write things on paper and burn it and say, I'm letting go of this, right? You can do cord cutting ceremonies. It's not that those things aren't valid, but we also in the natural world have to trust these processes that they are going to happen regardless of our will and our effort, that there is a gravity to these cycles that will pull things through in their own time. So if we pay attention during the waning crescent phase back to the new moon, we'll notice things are naturally falling away. Our schedule might, if we're really being conscious, our schedule gets a little lighter. Uh, you know, you, you might notice, or you just have less energy. So you cancel things more regularly. I would say, I know for myself, I try not to schedule things around the new moon, especially as we're heading down here, this waning crescent, crescent to the new moon. I try to keep my schedule as sparse as possible because I know I'm not going to have the energy and the focus and the youngness <laughs> to push through as I normally do in that first half of the cycle or even the first three quarters of the cycle. This last quarter is really 
what can I, you know, let me make space because things are going to drop. And, you know, I'd rather be conscious and do it without breaking appointments or breaking obligations. Let me try to be a little bit mindful of the natural way this energy is going to feel and trust that things are going to fall off and I don't have to fight it. So I think that's a really important thing here. And um, yeah, that the rot, the rotting and the decay is, is okay. You know, there are things that have to die and that's okay. It's natural. Death is natural. It's just as natural as life. So can we let it go? Can we let those things go and pass in their own time? And then we circle back to the new moon where the sun and the moon are together um, in the sky, they're conjunct. And then we have this return to deep quiet and fertile rest. The pomegranate seeds have fallen. The gravity has pulled them in. And now there's a resting phase. And, and you know, nature really does ask this of us in the winter time when we are at the winter solstice, you know, that darkest day of the year. Please rest light some candles of hope for what's to come, but don't fight the darkness. Now, what does this mean in terms of planting and our herbal work? Uh, I just wanted to revisit this image from our very first session where we looked at the different phases. The light phase, the new moon to full moon, look at this is a phase where we really are focusing on what is above ground. And this is the time when you harvest. This is when you harvest everything that is above ground, fruits, flowers, you know, ideally you're, you're grabbing everything you can above ground, especially as you hit that full moon peak phase. Now the energy starts to shift as the pull of the moon lessens, the gravity of the moon lessens in terms of its effects on our, on earth. And so the energy starts to dip downward. We see this again with the tides. It's not, this is not, I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. There are there are changes in the tides and in, in gravity with water as the cycle changes with the moon. So everything that is a below ground is going to be more active in the dark phase in the second half. So this is a great time for harvesting roots, for planting and transplanting things that need to take root down underground. You know, you want to utilize that downward momentum when you're considering how to work with your plants. This again is another slide from our first session, our first episode. And if we look at this bottom half of the image from the full moon, it says, you know, on the full moon, transplant short and extra long germinating seedlings from flats into beds and plant extra long germinating seeds, which are most flowers in flats or beds. Then the third seven days of the cycle, increased root growth rate the moonlight and lunar gravity increases. So again, when, whenever we want, when we want to strengthen the roots or grab the energy or the medicine from a root, we want to do this when the energy is not in the upper part of the plant and not being pulled up. We want it when the nutrients and everything is being pulled downward. In those fourth seven days, we see a balanced decrease in rate of root and leaf growth. So again, think about that equinox period where it's equal light and dark. There is, you know, we're moving, the energy is still moving downward, but there is energy in the upper part balanced, but there's a, it's a balanced decrease, not a balanced increase. And then again, as we head to the new moon, we really see that pull 
downward. So I made this handy chart for you all because I love charts. They are really helpful for me to remember things. So just to reiterate, the full moon is the quality of culmination. Our planting action is harvest, you know, harvest, 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 everything above ground, get it. Um, especially under specific signs, which we talked about in the last session. So you can look back to that, to, you know, when, when, what do I harvest, but pretty much, or uh, what signs do I harvest under, right? So we have all those listed out for you in the last session. But again, in general, this is when you want to be looking for your harvest and making your tinctures, drying your aerial parts, your above ground things. Now, we are talking here about that second half of the cycle. So from the full moon to the gibbous, the first seven days, uh, we are, again, we, the flowers are ripening into fruit. So if you think about how the energy is moving downward and inward, this is a really good time to harvest fruit for eating. And there are signs that are more, you know, that lend themselves to better harvest. We'll talk about that in the next slide, but in general, if you want to eat the ripest fruit, pick it, uh, during that, gibbous phase when there's still fullness, but there's also this ripening that's happening. It makes, you know, the ripening is the sweetening process in the plant world, right? Like when apples ripen, they get sweeter. When bananas ripen, they get sweeter. So we want to harvest when we get maximum sweetness, not just maximum fullness. Now the last quarter moon, this is when we have that that fully ripe moment of the fruit. And there's that balanced upward and downward energy. So harvest your, your uh, fruits, you know, this can be a good time for harvesting, especially your roots again, because the downward energy is starting to win out over the upward energy. This is also a really good time to transplant your trees and plants, because again, we have this downward action and that's going to help our roots get established the last quarter to the new moon. So this is as we're heading from the last quarter to the waning crescent. Our fruits are going to go to seed in terms of, if you think about it, just um, in terms of the plant cycle, right? Everything is going to seed. This is the decay. This is the place where we start to plant for the next cycle. So we start to see decreasing root and leaf growth. Um, and we want to harvest roots and gather ripe seeds for planting. So we want to, you know, everything's starting to get a little bit more quiet, although the downward energy is still quite strong. So I would say, you know, think about what roots might want to be gathered and which seeds are naturally falling. And, and you know, ideally, what you would do is put a little cloth or like a little bandana underneath your flowers uh, on dry, you know, on dry days, and then just wait until you start to see the see the seeds naturally drop from your basil or whatever it is you've grown, and give them a little shake and let gravity help you gather the seeds, and just you know make it happen with the energy of the plant, and that's when you're going to get your best yield. And the new moon is quiet and fertile. You can plant your seeds two days before the new moon to get maximum harvest. And for you as a medicine maker, you're just going to rest. You're just going to take this time to rest. Now, how about the signs? How do they, when the moon is in specific astrological signs, what can this help us understand about the ideal activities that we can do. So let's do that. Let's talk about it. So when the moon is in a water sign, during the waning half of the cycle, Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio, 
this is a great time to start your compost. So if you're considering making compost either as a heap or doing the barrel, there's a lot of different compost methods. Really important if you wanna get good soil for your herbs and, and your vegetables, start it under the waning moon in a, when the moon is in a water sign. And that will really help you to yield the best compost for that next cycle. Then this is also a good time for harvesting juicy roots for tincturing. So if you have, let's say ginger, like I love fresh ginger root when it's really, really juicy. So if you want to maximize the juiciness of your roots for tincturing or medicine making, gather them in a water sign during that waning moon part of the cycle. Now, when the moon is in an earth sign, when the moon is in Taurus, Capricorn, or Virgo, this is a good time for harvesting drier roots, or you want your roots to be a little bit more on the dry side. You want to, um, maybe you want to actually dry these particular roots to make a powder from them or slice them and dry them in your oven to decoct for teas and things like that. So then a really good time to harvest would be during those drier earth signs. So um, Taurus, Capricorn, Virgo. Then when the moon is in an air sign during the waxing part, waxing, eh, scratch that, the waning part of the cycle, uh, we want to turn our compost or soil because especially in these barren signs, um, you know, Aquarius, Gemini are considered barren. Libra is not really barren. Uh, Aries and Leo are pretty barren. So any of those barren signs, you can think about turning your compost when the moon is decreasing, that's going to maximize the um, aeration and all of the things that you need to have happen when you're turning your soil. It's also a good time to spray for pests when there is a dry sign. So that will help whatever it is you're using, hopefully an organic plant-based uh, material to eradicate whatever pests because that does happen. Not a lot with, with, it happens more with vegetables than it does with our medicinal herbs. A lot, most medicinal herbs are pretty pest resistant, but are resistant. However, you may need to do that. So try to spray when the moon is in a dry sign like Gemini, Gemini, Leo, or Virgo. And then when the moon goes into a fire sign, this is a great removal time. It's not a great removal as in harvesting, except for when you're trying to preserve things. Like if you're going to be harvesting tomatoes or beets, or you know, you're know, you going to be doing canning or preservation or tincturing is debatable here. But you can think about uh, when the moon is in Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius, um, you can, you know, this is a good time to... Uh, this is a good time to, to gather your things for preservation. It's also a really good time to weed. So if you, for example, if you're thinking about, oh, I, I want to get my bed ready for planting, right? Well, when the moon is in a fire sign, weed your garden and get it all ready. And then like maybe, you know, if you can catch it before the new moon when, you know, the, everything, the energy is decreasing, get those weeds out in the fire sign and then get ready for the new moon and plant your seeds, ideally under a water sign. So that's kind of how you can think about this. There's a lot more detail here. Um, and if you want to gather a book, I did include some really good resources 
Farmer's Almanac is a great resource for planting by the lunar cycles and by the astrology. There's a lot of information out there on biodynamic gardening, which uses lots of great techniques that's really that are based on the lunar cycles and on the zodiacal signs. And then a book that I found that I really like is called Planetary Planting by Louise Riot. And I'm holding it up here on the video screen. I found it at a old used bookstore in Michigan, um, but it's actually, it's a really good one. I hope it's still in print. And uh, also, yeah, I guess, I guess that's that there's no, also <laughs> that's all for this class. Uh, the next session I'm going to record will be just herbs. We're just going to look at herbs. We're going to look at their association and how they relate to planets and why this is like, what's the logic behind putting uh, why would we put burdock under Jup the rulership of, of Jupiter? Or why would we put the mints under the rulership of Venus? So I hope that will be very interesting to you all. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to my channel, please do it. It does help. <laughs> and please comment. Let me know what you thought. Let me know if you have questions. Let me know your experiences out there in the garden. What has worked? What hasn't worked? And that's always so helpful for me. Give me a thumbs up if you like this video. And yeah, if you want to jump on the Roots and Spheres train, it is leaving in January. So consider joining us for a year of astrology and herbal study with me and my husband, Adam Ellenboss. And there is more information on our website. So you can check them out, Nightlight Astrology and Skyhouse Herbs, where you can register. So let me get back to, uh, let me stop my screen sharing so I can see you. Well, actually I can't see you, but you can see me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? I guess that's what zoom is for, but I always, I always feel like it'd be so fun if I could watch you while you're watching me. So I could kind of see your expressions like, Oh, they, Oh, she liked that. Or, Oh, he, he got bored and started like playing on his phone during that part. That's good information, right? So <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will see you all again soon and enjoy your day.